today I, I want to recognize another mother. Um, you know, and I really feel that I would not be the woman of God I am today if it wasn't for this mother. I've seen this mother toil and carry before the Lord and cry out before the Lord. If you've ever walked through the doors of this church, I want to guarantee you that she's cried out for you. I want to guarantee you that she's had sleepless nights where she has walked the floors for you. If you've ever entered into the doors of those church, this woman has prayed for you. I guarantee it. And I saw her pray and intercede for my mother and my father and felt and know and knew and walked with her as she prayed and interceded for me. I struggled out in my addiction, and I know that that woman prayed for me. Every day, I know the Lord had her call out my name, and she prayed and prayed. When I was pregnant with my firstborn child, I remember her laying hands on my belly and telling me, this child has a call of God on his life. And boy, was she spot on. And today, I get to see her minister to my son and pour into my son. And when I think about that, that's three generations that this woman has impacted. And I don't think she really knows the lives that she touches because she does so much of it behind the scenes and in silence. And, you, and we don't see all the struggle that she endures, but she is the woman of this church, the mother of this church. And this sister, Wanda, please come up because you deserve to be honored today. Amen. Thank you. I pondered a lot, like, what was I going to speak about today? You know, it's Mother's Day. Um, I don't think I've ever done, like, a themed message or, you know, anything like that. I usually just go with what the Lord's ministering to me about. And, uh, gosh, when it comes to motherhood, I feel like he ministers to me all the time. Um, it's a lifelong journey, right? Being a mother, I think, is the most profound thing uh, that I've ever embarked upon. It's probably the most painful thing that I've ever done as being a mother, uh, but it's also the most rewarding thing is being a mother. I, I think that if, if you are a mother, it is probably the highest call that you'll ever have on your life, I believe. The Lord entrusts us as mothers to care for these souls as they enter this world and to train them up. And you know, when I think about my mom and I think about some of the things she's taught me, I want to say that my mom's taught me how to pray. I could still hear her saying, you better pray that comes out of the carpet. <laughs> she instilled a sense of imagination in me. I could hear her say, don't you dare do that again or else. She left me wondering all day what else that meant. <laughs> she taught me anticipation. Oh, just wait till your dad gets home. <laughs> she also taught me how to count. I'm going to count to three. One, two. She taught me repentance. Don't you ever do that again. And she also taught me self-control. Don't touch anything. <laughs> In all seriousness, uh, I love my mom, and she did teach me so very much, so very much. Um, you know, when we sang that song, I believe in God the Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, I believe that our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that he will rise again. Those are all things that my mother taught me from an early age. My mother didn't bother... Uh, 
instilling worldly desires and morals and values in my life. My mom taught me who Jesus Christ was. My mom taught me the importance of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. My mom instilled that within me so much so that when I was out in the world, I knew that I was embarking on a strange land, that it was so normal for me to have a God-filled home and a God-centered life that when I strayed out from under it, that was not normalcy to me. And I know that today that that is a gift and that I need to honor her for that because I encounter many people that didn't have that. They weren't raised in that. And it's more of a struggle for them to have faith in the Lord and lean on the Lord and come to believe and come to understand and come to know. It's more of a struggle. But for me, that I feel like that's what I was created to do. That's all I know. Everything else to me is foreign. And I appreciate, I wish she was here, but you know, she took the time out to go see my grandmother in Oregon. And um, I just appreciate my mom so much. And I'm sure she'll listen to this message. So mother, I love you. Love you, love you, love you. I'm so grateful. You know, I know that as moms, that sometimes we have so many regrets in life. And I know she does because today she's not just my mom. She's one of my very best friends. And, you know, we hang out. And when we're hanging out, you know, every now and then when we're having a heart to heart, you know, she shares her regrets with me, the regrets over things in my life. And the only thing that I could reiterate to her is that her job is well done that when she stands before the Lord and takes an account for the kind of mother she was in my life, I can tell you that I am a firm believer in Christ Jesus because my, my mother and that when he stands, when she stands before the Lord and gives an account for the way she parented me, that that's all he's going to see. And he's going to say, well done, Tammy, well done. The, the way you were a mother, well done, because she did what she was charged to do. She trained me up in his ways. And that's, that's scriptural. That's where I'm going. Proverbs 22, six says, train up a child in the way he or she should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. The way he should go in the scriptures, obviously biblical, the way he should go. And there's three areas that I wanted to talk about that. One of the most important is love. We need to raise our children with love and to know what love is. Not the earthly kind of love, not the earthly love that's, you know, give and take and, and, um, and kind of, you know, you give me this and I'll give you that. And the unconditional love. And the very first commandment about love is Luke ten twenty seven, and that's to love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. When we're training up our children in the ways of the Lord, we need to teach them to love the Lord with all our soul, with all our heart, and all our mind. And how do we do that? As mothers, how do we do that? We have to show them, lead by example, let them know that the Lord is a priority in our life. He has to be a priority. He has to be number one in our life. Our children have to see us on our face before the Lord. They have to know that when trouble arises, where do we go? We turn to the Lord. We have been entrusted to care for these children. We need to teach them who is the source. How do we make it day to day? It's through Christ Jesus. And that's how we learn the love. The second thing in Mark 12, 31, love thy neighbor as thyself. 
brotherly, brotherly love. We need to teach our children not to be so self-centered and so self-absorbed in this world. We need to teach them to love one another, to hold up our brothers and our sisters that are struggling. That's what creates community. And I'm going to tell you, there's not a real sense of community in the world anymore. We need to get back to the basics with our children and let them know that it's not just about us and our little bubble, that we are called to touch our community, touch our fellow brothers and sisters, to lift them up, to to love them like Christ loved the church. That is what God is calling us to do. We are, and this isn't just for mothers, this is for parents, that when we train up our children, we are not, we might live in this world, but we are not of this world. That we need to be different kind of parents, that when people look at our family, they need to know that there is a difference in us. That we do not conform to the ways of this world. And then 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 talks about real love. Real love. Love is patient. Now I'm going to tell you, when I read this and I read over this, I'm like, I feel like I love my kids, but I'm not perfect at all of these things. Love is patient. Love is kind. I'm not always the most patient parent in the whole world. I try to be. But, you know, you, you, you test my patience. Um, but when I'm not so patient, when I'm not so patient and, and when I step out from under these things and when, I, when I'm not so loving, the other thing that the Lord has instilled within me is how to be accountable for those things, how to come back to my children, whether it be a text message in the middle of the day, I'm really sorry about this morning, I was very tired, you know, to to be loving in those ways, because none of us are going to be perfect. The standard and the bar is set high, but the word says that we'll all fall short, right? We'll all fall short. So we need to strive for these things. These are the things we need to strive for, to be patient, to be kind. It says love does not envy, it does not boast, and it is not proud. It is not proud and arrogant. It doesn't think of ourselves above others, right? When you're a parent, you come second to those children. God entrusted you to care for them. I'm sorry, but I could remember times when my kids were little, everybody would be set down to eat and they've eaten all their food. And you know, mama's done cleaned up the kitchen. She has their last little bit left for her. Mom, can I have a bite of that? That's really good. You know, and as a parent, and this is just a small example, but you better believe you give your kid the last bite off your plate. You prefer them over you. It's about them, not you when we are raising them up. And so many people in this world in today's day and age, what's wrong with our kids is we become so self-absorbed as parents that we worry about our issues and what we need and are so self-seeking that we've lost where we put our children first. They are our future generation. Our children are the future of this church and we need to raise them in the ways that they should go. The second area that I wanted to go over, and I believe that this has been so lost for so long, is holiness. Holiness. When we are raising our children in the ways of the Lord, we need to get back to holiness. I think that things have been so watered down and there's so much accept this and love that and all of this kind of stuff. And I believe in loving all, but I don't believe you got to accept everything as truth. And I don't believe that all things are holy. Because I'm going to tell you what, if you find yourself in a situation doing something and you've been justifying it for a long time, I want to ask you, do you think the Lord would do it? And if you can't envision Christ Jesus doing it, then it probably ain't holy. 
You can tell me, well, where in the word does it say this? Or where in the word does it say that? I'm not going to split hairs with you, but all I got to ask you one thing. Would Jesus do that? Because if Jesus wouldn't do that, you shouldn't be doing it either. And it's probably not holy. First Peter 1.16 says, be holy because I am holy. I believe that God is calling a people back to holiness and that when we raise our children, we need to raise them that God is holy and that he has called us to be holy. He has not called us to conform to the ways of this world and let the ways of this world seep their way into our lives and into our morals and into our values and into our family unit. God is calling us back to a place of holiness, of holiness. And I'm not talking about... uh, uh, legalism or all those kind of things. But I believe that the more you know, the more that's required and that we are called to be set apart, to be an example and to be a light and a beacon unto others. And that the enemy desires to sift us as wheat, especially when you got a mom and a dad working together to raise these kids and train them in the ways of the world that the enemy wants to come in. And I'm going to tell you that when you let stuff that's not holy into your house, you're cracking the door open for the enemy to come in and attack not only you, but your children. God is calling you to raise the standard in your home. It is not always comfortable. You're not always going to be popular and you might have to go through a battle or two. I'm going to tell you what I battle with my children all the time. Still, I'm, I'm glad to say that we have a great relationship, but I'm not always a cool mom to them. A lot of times I'm square. I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, I don't live in the day and age that they lived in, but what they don't really know is there's some things that I went through in my life because I lack some holiness in my life. There's some times where I let the door open for a little bit too long and I let the enemy come in like a whirlwind and he desired to sift me as wheat, but lest it be by the grace of God that he kept me. But you know what? We're not all guaranteed tomorrow. And I thank the Lord that he didn't come when I was out there in the world, when I let the enemy slip in because who knows where I would be today. So I'll be darned if I let the enemy come into my family and take my children for a lack of holiness. You raise the standard high. Set the bar high. They will thank you one day. They will. I don't know when. I'm still waiting, but it's going to come. <laughs> I was reading, I was reading this morning. I'm kind of a last minute person, you know, I just throw things together and, you know, the Lord deals with me, but if I have things all set a week before then I got to change it five or six times before it's time. And I was reading this morning, um, and and I was reading in psychology today, you know, about your children and, uh, I couldn't believe how young it was when they said your children, you know, really want to start individuating and, and not really want to listen to what you say. You know, your kids pretty much worship you and think that you know it all and you're the greatest thing since sliced bread till about between nine and 13. And then they start individuating from you. You're no longer cool. You're no longer this. You're no longer that. You know, they think they know better. They think you're too strict too rude. You don't know. You're so embarrassing, mom. You know, all of those things. And it's so important that we've laid the groundwork up until that point. It's also so important that when you go through that time, when your kids are individuating from you, that you really apply this love, this love, because when you and your kid butt heads and you go toe to toe and you feel that flesh trying to rise up and you feel that anger trying to rise up and you want to lash out for your children, you need to know that you need to get on your knees 
that's when you need to get on your knees and you need to begin to intercede for your children. Because in the scripture, it says to train up your children in the way that they shall go. But when they're old, that they will not depart. There's a whole long period of time between when you trained up your children and when they get old. The whole big period of time. And in that time is when they get to do their own thing. And I went on to read that early 20s is when they really start looking back at like the self-reflection in their life and why they are where they are and how they were created to be that way. And some of your issues as a parent starts to be illuminated to them. And some of the resentments and all that stuff starts coming up. And you get blamed for a few things. You get blamed for quite a few things. You know, I wouldn't be here in my life if it wasn't for this, this, and that that you did. I wouldn't have these struggles in my life if it wasn't for this, this, and that, and you did. I know. I did it to my mother. I just stood up here and told you how amazing she was because she was a godly woman. But there was a time in my life that I blamed every single one of my issues on that woman because I was so self-centered and so self-absorbed that I didn't realize that even though my mother, you know, we put them up here, but she was a human being and that she did the best with everything that she knew how to do. And that's what you got to realize when your parents are falling short in your life, that they're doing the best that they know how to do with everything they have. If you had a parent that you feel was really a substandard parent, I want to encourage you cry out to the Lord for them. Cry out to the Lord for them, that the Lord will restore that relationship, that he will bring healing to your heart. And that if they don't know him, that they will come to know him because I can guarantee you that your parent probably did the best they could with what they had. And that if they could go back and do things different, they probably would. And that if they knew the Lord, that your life would be a lot different, but praise God, you're here right now. And you have an opportunity right now to know the Lord right? And you have an opportunity to intercede for your parents. The Bible says that we are to honor our mother and our father. It's the the first commandment that has a promise tied to it. And thy days will be longer. I'm going to tell you there were times where I didn't want to honor my mother and my father because I was angry with them. But today I want to honor my mother and my father because you know what? They brought me into this world. They loved me, fed me, clothed me, cared for me. And I'm where I am today because of them. We are called to honor them. I like skip to the bottom to honor our parents. I wanted to share. So there's this, um, people I know and, um, some people I know and the mom was just, she wasn't a good mom and her son, her son had so many resentments towards her. So many resentments. He just severed, you know, all ties with her. And, um, and for a long time in my own understanding, I thought, Oh, well he's justified. I mean, there was a lot of craziness in their, in their family, a lot of dysfunction and, and all of those kind of things. And you could really see it. And, you know, half of her kids ended up in prison um, and the other half, you know, are, are addicts and all those things. And I thought, yeah, a lot of it's because of the way they were parented, you know. So I, I lacked kind of empathy for this mother. And um, I was, we went to dinner with this mother and this son. Well, let me back up. So there was a rift. The son didn't want to have anything to do with his mother. And I thought, you know, he's kind of justified. But I also know that the Lord desires uh, to heal marriages. I mean, not marriages, families. The Lord desires to heal and restore families. That he doesn't desire for division. And so I begin to pray for this mother and the son that the Lord would bring restoration to their family. Restoration to their relationship. And he has, little by little. And we were, to di- we were out at dinner the other night. And... Um, 
in and the son and the mother was there and the mother began to weep and share about all the trauma that she endured in her, in her life and trauma like you would never believe and the son I saw him look at her in such a different way in such a different life in such a different light and so many times and we go through life and we have these um, resentments and hurts and stuff against our parents or our parents against us and you don't ever really know what that person has been through to create them to be the type of person that they are. And the Lord desires for us to be the bigger person, to be spiritually mature, to pray for restoration, to pray for understanding, to, to intercede for people. God is calling us to be out of our comfort zone to, if we want a family that's unified, we, we, it has to start with us. I don't care if you're the child or the parent, either one, it has to start with us. We have to pray for restoration of families because I want you to know that the enemy right now, his biggest tactic is dividing families, destroying families families, breaking that marital covenant. The enemy is out to still kill and destroy any way he can. And I'm beginning to see the Lord restore this family. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus, that there will be a complete restoration. And I asked that mother after that dinner, I said, I put my hand on her heart and I said, I want you to come to a woman's conference with me because I believe that the Lord wants to heal you. He wants to heal you. He wants to heal those issues and he wants to restore your family. And I'm going to tell you that if you have issues in your family today, that I believe that the Lord wants to heal you and he wants to restore you and he wants to bring restoration to your family. That's why we celebrate Mother's Day and Father's Day and all those things to be reminded of family and how important it is and how important the roles are and how important it is as us as children to honor these people and to love them and respect them and bring restoration. We have to stand and be the difference. There was one other area that I didn't get to and I want to go back to um, about when it's talking about raising your children in the ways of the Lord. The last one is commitment. Commitment. We need to teach our children commitment. Proverbs 16, 3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. This tells me that whatever I'm to do and whatever I'm set out to do, that I need to give it to him and that he will guide it. It doesn't always come easy, especially in the society, to commit our ways unto the Lord, to commit our ways, to commit our children, to, to be committed to the Lord and to set apart. Society has such a pull on our children and we need to teach them to be committed to the Lord. And to trust the Lord, to trust the Lord for everything. Trust the Lord, trust the Lord, trust the Lord. I've gotten a lot of kind of funny looks when I say this statement. I'll share with you right now. Um, just like, how could you? But as a mom, I can tell you that my number one focus in my children's life is not really normal compared to society's. My focus for my children wasn't education and a great career. That's never been my focus on my children's life. It's never been that education. It's a great thing. It's a great thing and knowledge. That's all good. But my number one commitment in my children's life was their spiritual health, plain and period. Number one commitment. And it continues to be the number one commitment or the number one concern. That needs to be our number one concern for us as well. How are we going to show our children that if we are so busy and so committed to a job, to a career, and to these outside things? Our number one commitment in life needs to be our spiritual health. Everything else, moth and rust destroys. It's temporary. It's fleeting. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. 
But the one thing that remains is your soul, and it is going to last for eternity. And like it or not, thank you, Pastor, there's a hell to shun, that you are going to go one place. And, and it's so important for me to know that my children's eternity is secure in Christ Jesus. And not just my children, but my family as a whole. I might not be everybody's mother in my family, but if I have to be a spiritual mother to every single one of them, I'm okay doing that because that's what we are called to do, to stand in the gap. If you don't have children of your own, I love that video. If you don't have children of your own, you still have a sphere of influence. All of us have a sphere of influence that we are called to touch and we are called to reach. And we need to stand in the gap and teach those spiritual principles to them. Teach them. So I want to encourage you today, if you're struggling, struggling with your children, your parents, can I have the worship team come back up? If, if you're struggling with your parents, your children, anything like in your own personal life, we want to pray with you today. Uh, we don't want to close today without praying for anyone. I hope you are blessed. Sister Wanda, every word I said, I mean it. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for her. You know, she's been such an example, such an example for each and every one of us. I thank the Lord. Yes. She set the bar high for us women. Definitely set the bar high for us women. I don't want anybody to leave here today. Whether your issues have anything to do with the service, whether it's not issues, whether you have something going on in your body, an unspoken request, something that you need, we want to pray with you. I don't want you to leave here today without getting what you need. We come in here to leave different than what we've came in. We've come in here to get a touch from the Lord, to encounter him. And if you have a need this morning, I really want to encourage you to come up. We'd love to lay hands on you and pray. There's unity in numbers. The word says if one can put a thousand to flight, two could put 10,000 to flight. If you're struggling, we want to pray with you. The prayer team will come up. And I just want to thank you for being here and want to encourage you to honor your mothers today and have a blessed day.